You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Change my heart, O God, is the title of this devotion. You know, friends, sometimes we have the privilege of God and His long sufferance and goodness leading us to that point where we realize, God, I need you to fix this in me. You see, many times we have the biggest struggle with our own heart, folks. Our own heart can be the big battlefield, as some also would say, the mind. But the mind and the heart are so linked, one with the motivations and the other with the reasonings. And the two, they are the two sides of the coin, so to speak. They're inseparable from one another as a man reasons in his mind so easy. As a man thinketh in his heart, so easy, the scripture says. So the, to, the two go together. It's quite a wondrous thing how God has so fearfully and wonderfully made us that our emotions and our feelings and our thoughts and our wills are all intertwined as they express the character that is being developed in us. And I really think it is so powerful when you can look at yourself and in a spirit of love for God, say, Father, change my heart. I want this part of my nature changed, Lord. I want this characterization of my nature changed, Lord. It doesn't express you. It doesn't show forth your love, your kindness, your goodness, your long-sufferance. Lord, I don't want to anymore because often we are in such a model that we, yeah, but you, 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 you. And you see, we, we don't see our own heart because we're only looking at what exposes it, what provokes it, what pierces it, what causes it to be exposed for what it really is. You see, the nature of man can be so hidden within, but it comes out through the trials and of relationships or circumstances. So friends, I really utterly believe that God can and wants to give you a new heart, create in you a new heart. Jeremiah, I'll read to you starting at verse one of chapter four. Jeremiah said, Right, Jeremiah 4 verse 1. If you will return, O Israel, says the Lord, return to me. If you will return. If you will, if you say, I want to get right with God. I want to walk in His ways. I want to do what's good and, and right in His sight. That's the fear of the Lord encouraging you that to do that. He says, if you will return, says the Lord, return to me. If you will put away your abominations out of my sight, then you shall not be moved. You have to put your will to it. You can't just say, God changed me, changed me, and you're not wanting to change. Remember in John chapter 5, Jesus met the man who was at the well. 
and he had been at uh, the water of Bethsaida and he had been there for 38 years. Unimaginable that somebody could be in such a condition for 38 years. And Jesus said, do you want to be made well? And what was his response? I had nobody to help me. I have nobody to help And Jesus said, no, I didn't ask you that. I asked you, did you want to be made well? And the man looked at Jesus like, I don't know how to answer that anymore. I am so screwed up inside. I don't know what I want anymore. And folks, God is calling for your and my will to decide. He's saying, well, what do you really want? What do I really want? Yeah, I do want to get right with God. I do want to live under His grace and care. Okay, says the Lord, if you want to, you will not be moved. If, and you shall swear, the Lord lives. That's one of the ways they would say, the Lord lives, we're going to prosper. The Lord lives, we'll be well. In truth, in judgment, in righteousness, the nations shall bless themselves in Him, and in Him they shall glory. For thus says the Lord to the man of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen now, here it comes. Break up your fellow ground and do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart, you men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Lest my fury come forth like fire and burn so that no one can quench it because of the evil of your doings. You see, in other words, the Lord is saying, the ways are evil. Don't think there's not consequences before God. You cannot just keep doing what's wrong and not have to face God. If you don't want to give an account of it in this life, you will give an account of it before the throne of judgment. That is for sure. Because to Christ, every knee will bow and tongue will confess. And we all have to come before that judgment seat and be counted blameless through his blood or guilty through our rebellion and unbelief. We all have to give an account. Nobody will be able to say, yeah, no, the Lord knows. He knows that you know. So what the Lord is saying to Israel here, he's saying, do you want to? Do you want to return to me? Do you want to live right in my sight? Do you want to put these things away out of your life that corrupt you and defile you? Then, he says, do you want to live in my care and protection? Do you want to be able to see my blessings upon everything you are saying to? Then, he says, stop sowing among thorns. Stop giving your life among those things that you know. No, that's not God's will. And cut away the foreskin of your heart. In other words, you have to stop being so hardened of heart that you're indifferent to what you know is right and wrong. You know it's right and wrong, but you're indifferent to it. That's what it means to cut away the foreskin of your heart that you again become sensitive inwardly and can't bear it. It's unclean, it's evil, it can't bear it. It makes me feel horrible. Oh, I love what is good and right in God's sight. It makes me feel wonderful. Hosea says the same thing. He says, I'll read it to you. I'm going to just go ahead and, and take a little moment with you. Don't worry, it won't be too long. 
But he says, sow for yourself in chapter 10, verse 12, righteousness, reap mercy, break up the fellow ground for this time to seek the Lord till he comes to reign righteousness with you. Fellow ground means your heart hasn't been broken before the Lord for a long time. Your heart has grown so indifferent, so idle, so lukewarm. You just don't care anymore that things are immoral. You watch it and don't even notice that it's defiling you. You don't care that you're watching murder and bloodshed and all that. You don't care the gossip and the people's lying and lusting after the satisfaction of the, the flesh, forsaking the holiness of God for the pleasure of self. You don't care anymore. The foreskin of your heart is grown so hard. And the Lord wants us to see a change of heart. Deuteronomy, uh, just a few more scriptures here, chapter 30, verse 6. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. Maybe you say to me, and I know I've been there, change my heart, oh God. I don't know how to pray like I used to. I don't know how to cry out. I don't know how to rent my heart and not my clothing. I know how to bend my heart before you bend my heart like Evan Roberts in Wales in 1912 would pray, bend me, bend me, bend me. And he would just cry, Lord, please bend me. My heart is hard. My heart doesn't feel you. My heart doesn't notice you. My heart doesn't connect with you. Oh, Lord, I've become separate from you and my heart. Bend me, Lord, bend me. And he kept on praying at months in, months out, year in, year out. And suddenly glory broke through the darkness of his heart. And a great revival broke out that within five weeks, 20,000 precious souls were added to the church through that one precious man's heart broken before God. It's amazing what God can do with any of us who say, change my heart, oh God change my heart. He will circumcise your heart. And we really need the Lord's help to do it. In Ezekiel, if you go with me there for a moment, chapter 18, verse 27 of Ezekiel, he says, when a wicked man turns away from the wickedness which he has committed and does what's lawful and right, he preserves himself alive because he considers and turns away from all the transgressions which he has committed, he shall surely live. He shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, the Lord's, the house of Israel says, the way of the Lord is not fair. O house of Israel, is it not my way which is fair and your way which is not fair? What was it? The Lord was saying, you have to do your part in turning. You have to do your part in willing. You have to do your part. And you say, well, why does the Lord hold me accountable? I'm so weak. I'm such a failure. I have so much shame, so much guilt. I can't lift my head. I'm so, I poor me, poor me, poor me. No, you have to stop having that self-pity, which is of the nature of pride. And you have to say, oh God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. 
create in me a clean heart. Change my heart, O God. Change my heart, O God. Make me willing and obedient that I may see your goodness in the land of the living. Those were prayers of David in Psalm 119. That's what we see, how God is so willing to come and help you to break your heart, to change your heart. He's so willing, but he's waiting for your invitation. You've got to open the door. He's ready to come. He's standing there knocking, he says in Revelations 3.20, but you have to decide to open the door. You have to decide to open your heart and say, change me, oh God. I don't want to have these anger fits anymore. I don't want to serve these lusts. I don't want to have these relationships that I know are not right. I don't want to make excuses for myself. I don't want to. I want to do what's right in your sight. Change my heart, oh God. He says right here, Cast away from you all your transgressions which you have committed and get yourself a new heart and a new spirit. Why should you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord. Therefore, turn and live. You see, friends, we have to do our part. Through Solomon, this great, powerful promise that most of us all know is given unto us here in Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land if my people if my people who are called by my name humble themselves friends that is the very thing that causes such a divine reaction when you humble yourself and say change my heart oh god change my heart oh god create in me a clean heart psalm 51 verse 10 create in me a clean heart Oh, Father, change my heart. I don't want these anger fits anymore. I don't want these anxious feelings anymore where I just go to pieces when I have to face up to challenges that demand my response. And I go all flustered and frustrated and, and defend myself with anxiety. I don't want anxiety as my defense. I want your love, your goodness, your mercy in my heart. Change my heart, oh God. Change my heart, oh God. You know, I looked this up. I took this out of one of uh, Oswald Smith's books, uh, a copy of it. And this is a dear man called McShaney, Murray McShaney. And he went to be with the Lord when he, I thought, was quite young. I think he was only 29 when he passed away. But he left such a lasting impression that the Hebrides, uh, Duncan Campbell, took his inspiration from McShaney. And there was phenomenal revival a long time ago. And McShaney, he says this, it is the duty of ministers in this day to begin the reformation of religion and manners with themselves and their families. With confessing of past sin, earnest prayer for direction, grace, and full purpose of heart, he shall Purify the sons of Levi, he says in Malachi 3, verse 3. Ministers are probably laid aside for a time for this very purpose. In other words, if all of us 
are ministers if we're born again. We're all to share the love of Christ with somebody else. And he says, if we are to be ministers, we need to see the change begin with us. And he says this, I am persuaded that I shall obtain the highest amount of present happiness. I shall do the most for God's glory and the good of man, and I shall have the fullest reward in eternity by maintaining a conscience always washed in Christ's blood, by being filled with the Holy Spirit at all times, and by attaining the most entire likeness to Christ in mind, will, and heart that's possible for a redeemed sinner to attain to in this world. I am persuaded, says McChaney, that whenever anyone from without or my own heart from within at any moment in any circumstance contradicts this, if anyone shall insinuate that it is not for my present and eternal happiness and for God's glory and my usefulness to maintain a blood-washed conscience to be entirely filled with the Holy Spirit and to be fully conformed to the image of Christ in all things. That is the voice of the devil, God's enemy, the enemy of my soul and of all good and most foolish, wicked, miserable of all creatures, he calls the devil here and so forth and so forth. You see, friends, listen. I'm not just talking about change my heart, oh God concerning the areas of our nature and character that are contradictory to God. Yes, amen, daily. Keep yielding to the Holy Spirit to wash you and cleanse you and renew you inward daily that you are being, as it says in 2 Corinthians 3, 17, 18, conformed to the image of Christ by the Spirit of Christ in you. Being, it's a constant work of grace. But folks, I'm not just talking about getting rid of those characteristics that do not represent Him. I'm talking about embracing the wonders of His nature. Change my heart, O oh God, more of Your merciful love, more of Your gracious ability, more of Your forbearing goodness, Your abounding goodness and truth, as He said to Moses in Exodus 34. More, Lord, of the expression of that forbearance that I can bear upon anything and everything without failing, without weakening, that I'm able to love people and their failings and weaknesses with your love and that that becomes more satisfying to me than to have it all easy. You see, some people think to have no conflict is the, is the best life, but folks, we see the greatest graces in the greatest conflicts. We see the greatest strength of Christ in the greatest weakness of our life in the confrontation of challenge. There are riches, unsearchable and full of glory that God wants to share with you in the times of your greatest trials and challenges. So I want to encourage you, keep praying it. Change my heart, oh God. Amen. Have a good day.